my man up there. I'm indeed happy to be here today, and I was honored to, that you folks asked Potter to come and share with you what we're doing at the Potter Home. He mentioned the October uh, donation. We're having on October 29th, which is the fifth Sunday of that month, a prayer for children day all over the world, prayer for children all over the world. And the prayers are just as important as any donation to the home. Because, folks, we need to pray for the kids of this world. Because Satan is tearing families apart. And just things being taught in the world that do not uh, follow God's teaching. If I remember, uh, am I too close? Okay. If I remember... uh, Genesis, it said, A man shall leave his father and mother and shall cling to his wife, and they shall twain become one flesh. That's God's idea of the family, but Satan and this world wants to mess it up. And sometimes we seem to think that it's worse now than it's ever been. But I remember in Noah's day, the Lord couldn't find anybody righteous. There are still folks out there looking for the truth, and that's what we need to share with them. We see a lot of despair out in the world today. At Potter Home, uh, we work with foster kids and single mothers and their children. And you just see a lot of despair. You know, when I grew up, I was born in southwest Missouri. My dad was a part-time minister, a full-time electrician. But I grew up, we didn't have a lot of money, but I had mom and dad there all the time. I had food and clothes, and I was at church. Then I I met my wife in Joliet, Illinois back in 1966. We moved up there for my dad's job. Uh, We got married back in 72. Then in 1980, we moved over to Schultz-Lewis Children's Home as house parents. And my eyes were opened. I could not believe what fathers and mothers did to their own children and just the way they mistreated them. And I guess that was the Lord's aim that we be in child care because I preached in Plymouth, Indiana five years from 87 to 92 after graduating preaching school up in Flint, Michigan. Then we moved down to Potter in 1992 and got back into child care. That's kind of funny on that because Potter is really suffering back in 89. They almost had to shut the doors. Uh, and Barb saw some of our friends from Schultz-Lewis going, going down to help. I looked to her in 1991 and said, I'll never... Moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky. I've been there 25 years. I don't think you better say never uh, about anything. But it was, the decision was made in 1992 that we were going to become totally church-supported through our commodities program, through appeals, through just different things, individuals. And we are. Remember the stock market crash back in... I can't remember. Yeah. I, I saw a report that nonprofits were down 14%. You know how much Potter Home was down? 1%. And that wasn't the government helping us. We have a great message to share these families, and the church is helping us provide that message. I love, if you want to open your Bibles to Second Corinthians chapter 5 for a minute, because a lot of these folks that we serve, not only at Potter Home, but you serve here in your community, 
in this city. They do not understand what Paul says in verse 1. They actually have no hope in this life. But I love what the Apostle Paul says. He says, For we know if our earthly house is ten is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. What did Jesus say? I go to prepare a place for you. And a lot of folks that are caught up in this sinful world do not understand that love. They do not understand the fact that Christ is there for them. As a matter of fact, I've met some folks that don't think they can be forgiven of their sins. So therefore, I like what Paul says in verses 16 and 17. He says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. When we look at people, sometimes we get upset at what they're doing in their sinful things in their life. But we can't look at them as flesh. We look at them as those that need the message of Christ. We look at them spiritually. Because we can tell them that therefore if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. This is written by the man that persecuted the church, Saul, who had Christians thrown in the prison. You don't think he didn't remember some of that in his mind? But he took comfort in knowing that he was in Christ now. I remember Ananias said to him, Now why tarryest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. That's the message we have for the world. That's the message that you help us provide to these families and these children. The single moms we look at, uh, we serve at Potter, I look at them as children. They've been told, a lot of them, that you're not worth anything. They've been horrifically treated throughout their lives. But yet we can give them a great message. God does not make junk. You are precious in the eyes of God. Did that come up? I'm just wondering if I'm working. Oh, I might have to turn it on. Okay. How do you turn it on? I'm going to have to get my glasses out. I may not, I didn't have it turned on. Okay. Oh, I was going to the wrong side. Okay. Ah, there it is. It's on now. Oh, we're doing good. The mission of Potter Children's Home and Family Ministries is to be a tool in the hands of supporting churches of Christ and individual Christians to deliver God's justice and mercy to children and families in need. Remember when the disciples tried to keep the little children away from Jesus? What did he say? (laughs) That's right. Don't forbid the kids. Don't forbid the children. With the backing and the help of the church, we're able to bring these children before the feet of Jesus. We want to be a tool in the hands of supporting churches of Christ. And as Rick said earlier, we do not take any money from the state of Kentucky or the federal government. I told Rick earlier that we had gone to the state of Kentucky, I don't know, about 15 years ago, and said that we would take foster children out of their foster program for free. They said, no. We need to sign a contract with them. Well, how many, I don't know, what's it been, a year or two ago, the Supreme Court said that man can marry man, woman can marry woman. God doesn't say that. 
and they're not God. We're going to teach our kids man is marriage. It, marriage is between a man and a woman. We're going to teach them homosexuality is sin. And if you were getting money from the state, you would probably wouldn't be able to do that. And the other fact is, we hire only members of the church in our full-time positions. Now, of course, you have people come out and work on the air conditioning, do building, stuff like that. They're not necessarily members of the church. But all of our employees have to be faithful members of the church. And we do what we do at Potter with the help of the church. And if it wasn't for you folks, we wouldn't be doing it. I'm going to try it again, brother. Ah. Potter began back in 1914 as Potter Orphan Home and School. We're celebrating now 103 years of serving children. I think we're the second oldest in the brotherhood. I believe Tennessee Children's Home is about seven years older than us. Back on the table back there, I have some bookmarks we made in that occasion. It says 100 years from now, it will not matter what your bank account was, the type of house you lived in, the kind of car I drove. But the world might be different because you were important in in the life of a child. And on the back, 100 ways to praise a child. So grab one of those on the way out. I got some ink pens and that type of thing back there to, and notebooks as we were celebrating 100 years. But Potter originally started out back in 1901 as Potter Bible College. In 1899, uh, Elton S. Potter died. He was a bachelor. Uh, he was the only child of Marion Clinton Potter. And she wanted him to be remembered. They went down to Nashville, Tennessee, to Nashville Bible College, which is now Lipscomb. And they met with a brother, James A. Harding. I think we've all heard of him. And he wanted them to help down there. But they come back home and decided they wanted to open up a Bible college there. In 1901, they opened up Potter Bible College. That's a picture of the college. Brother James A. Harding and two professors came down from Nashville. And he was the president of that college. Uh, and which helped kids there too learn the Bible and that kind of thing. He was there until about 1912 when he retired and went back into what he loved to do, which was preach the gospel. The college failed in a couple of years, so they decided to open up Potter Orphan Home and School, and this is one of the first houses uh, that we had uh, the orphanage in. Uh, As a matter of fact, in one of the newsletters, we have a whole group, about 40 or 50 kids, orphans, in front of that. Uh, building taken in 1917. So throughout the years, Potter Home has helped children in various different ways. In the 30s and 40s, the old buildings burnt down on campus and we built uh, the new dorm building back in 1945. Well, it's not new now, but it's the oldest building on campus. How many has ever drove by, driven by Potter on 31W? We're right there on 31W. And of course, back in those days, we got a picture of it. That was just a little dirt road. But now it's almost four lanes. But uh, back in the orphan home days, that had a big boy's dorm, a little boy's dorm, a big girl's dorm, and a little girl's dorm. I remember Barb and I, we moved there in 92. We had an apartment upstairs, and down the hallway was a bathroom, and it had little teeny sinks and toilets for the little kids. But a dorm mom in that situation might have 20 children to herself. Can you imagine that? So... That now, however, is part of our single-parent ministry. Uh, We have nine single-parent apartments in that dorm area. We also have counseling offices and financial offices and just different offices in there. And uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the Sojourners. 
we have them come. They're members of the church who's retired, retired from their secular job. They're not retired from working. But uh, a few years back, they came in and built bunkhouses downstairs where when we have youth groups come in, we have a male and female side, and they can stay there, and they have bathroom across the hall and laundry room, and the sojourners help build that. So we're making use of that building as much as we can. We've served over 7,000 children throughout the years. That number is probably going up. That number is a little bit old. But uh, throughout the years, we've served a lot of children. We serve about 65 to 70. We have about 30-some children right now on campus and some off campus that we're working with. And we have, I believe, 15 single mothers. So we're serving a pretty good amount of folks on campus right now. And again, we're doing it totally with the help of the church. We provide Christian counseling. All the counselors have to be members of the church, uh, and uh, they work there at Potter. This one lady here on the end with the three boys, that's Pam Potter. Uh, she, she's a retired counselor now. Her and her, fa- her husband, Paul, are mentoring family in a single-parent apartment uh, in the quadplex. But uh, I like to talk about her a little bit. Because, well, they're not kin to the Potters that started Potter Home. But her father-in-law and mother-in-law worked at Schultz Lewis, where I worked at, my wife and I. And they wanted to move down to Bowling Green. They came down about seven years ago, and they attend the congregation where I attend. And because uh, they want to be closer to grandkids and all that. He's a retired preacher and all that. I bet you can't guess what his name is. We have Harry Potter. <laughs> and when I introduced Harry, I said, hey, brother, did you... Bring your broom. He said, very funny. <laughs> but he teaches Bible class for us once in a while. So. He's probably lived with that joke ever since Harry Potter came out. We provide a Christian home-like environment. When Barb and I moved there, we, had, we ended up in Toddy House. We had eight girls and my son Brandon, who's in high school. We would sit down as a family and have a meal. This happens to be the boys' house, Riley House. They have a kitchen like we did at Toddy House. That's the living room up in the top, and we provide uh, you know, the bedrooms for the kids in the back. A lot of these kids have not had very nice places to live, and we keep our facility up. Okay, uh, The state requires us to, but we would do it anyway, You know, take care of the families. We provide a safe place for the uh, Children, single-parent families to live. We have a 40-acre campus that we're on now. It used to be all farmland around us. When Barb and I moved back there, down there in 92, it was all two-lane, and we were kind of out in the country. Guess what? Bowling Green's come out to us. It's four-lane all around us. We have stores all around us, and uh, but we still have our 40-acre campus, playground, gym, and all of our buildings and that type of thing. I like to point out this picture with the young men playing in the uh, volleyball court. I like to assure the families here, the folks that support Potter Home, we do not bury the children when they misbehave. And you see those three boys there, the redhead and the boy below it, the one getting buried, are brothers. You ever hear of Dennis and Menace? That kid could get in trouble. Of course, when I was his age, I never got in trouble. But... We, we deal with the issues, and they were just having fun out there. Children are referred through private and public sources. This congregation might know of a single mother family 
or a foster child that needs or a child that needs help maybe be placed in care in our foster care and let us know about that. I had a congregation in I was in uh, Canton, Ohio, about 300 member congregation, and there was a single mom and her two kids that needed help. They've been with us now six years. Both kids have been baptized into Christ, and when Amanda came, I could barely get her to speak to me. Last year, the sojourners were down, and they went to church where Amanda goes at Alvinson Church of Christ, and Amanda was teaching a ladies' Bible class. And I said, what? But that's what the church does. That's, you know, you help them. And the congregation where they're at nurtures them and their children. We also, uh, the public sources, a judge or social workers might see a family in need, and before the kids get into the state system, they may recommend that they come out. We let them see what we do. Uh, back when I came there, you'd ask where Potter Children's Home was, and they'd say, what? Now people know where Potter's is in the community, and they know what we do. And uh, to me, that's great. The goal of, when we have a child in care, the goal is reunification of the family whenever possible. We want to work it out with the family. We had a single mom there, members of the church, her and her husband were having struggles. They had to separate for two or three years. And they had two, two kids. They're back together now because the plan was to get them reunified. And they're faithful to one another again. Now, when Barb and I were house parents, we met a little 13-year-old. Her name was Melanie. I probably told you a story a few years back. She's a little Puerto Rican Indian girl, came out of Nashville, Tennessee. Her father was a drug dealer. Her mother's a prostitute. And they would use those kids. They had 10 children as drug lookouts for them. Uh, Melanie, when I first, I didn't realize this, but I found out after I first met her, she would not let a man even hug her because one of her older brothers did unspeakable things to her. I talk about Melanie because Melanie eventually moved off campus with Barb and I, and she's our third child. Not legally adopted, but she's 39 now. But because of her situation, her dad had died of cancer, but mom lived down in the bad areas of Nashville. So whatever visits she had had to be supervised. If mom come to Bowling Green or the counselors took her down to Nashville. But after she graduated high school, 19, and got her uh, cosmetology degree, she'd go down to Nashville on her own and help mom out and help her nephews and nieces out. Melanie's the only one out of that ten, group of 10 children that stayed totally out of drugs. She was baptized at 18, and uh, she's kept her life straight because of the church. Even though she wasn't able to be reunited, physically with her mom, she was there spiritually and wanted to help. And she still does that. Oh, I wanted to, does that back up? Ah. If you go to a denominational building, you look on the wall, you see a picture of Christ. Does anybody know what Jesus Christ looked like physically? This picture here reminds me of what Christ looks like. It's not the people in the picture, it's what's being done. When we reach down to help those fallen on the roadway of life and we share love with them, who, what are people seeing in us? Christ Jesus. Not me, Christ. 
This happens to be Ralph Brewer. He's the director of Potter Children's Home and Family Ministries. Barb and I, his wife is Geneva. Barb and I have worked with Ralph and Geneva since the mid-80s. They were house parents at Schultz Lewis, and he was the principal of the school down there. They moved down to Bowling Green about a year after we did. But Ralph and Geneva have been working in child care since basically their honeymoon. So they love that ministry. And uh, he is a fine man. And this is one of our special needs children. Just a few years back, Ralph got a picture with him. Religion pure and undefiled with God and the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their tribulation, unspotted to keep himself from the world, James 127. We often look at that term orphan and think of a child without any mom or dad. We had a little nine-year-old at Schultz Lewis, uh, Chris. They found him eating out of garbage cans at midnight, downtown Valparaiso, Indiana. But he had a mother. She was out partying somewhere. He was fatherless. He wasn't being cared for. A lot of these families, or these kids especially, just need somebody to care for them and to love them. And that's what we strive to do at Potter Home. With your prayers and the support of the ministry of Potter Children's Home and Family Ministries, you have a part in helping feed children uh, and clothe children with many problems and children of any race and any background. The racial strife we have today, who creates that? Man does. Christ died for everyone. And he doesn't care where you came from, what color your skin is, that type of thing. He died for everyone. And any background, any child or any single mother that comes to Potter home does not necessarily have to, quote, be of churches of Christ. But it's understand when they come in, they will be attending church. And we will, and we don't phrase it this way, but I do, be taking them before the feet of Jesus through Bible study and sharing with him their love. That's what we do. That's the mission of Potter Home, to bring these children and families to Jesus. And we do that without, with, without, with, a, with your help, not without your help. The core of Potter Children's Home and Family Ministries has been our foster care. We used to call it residential care when Barb and I came there. Here you see Jean and Judy with six of their girls in front of Toddy House. That's where Barb and I used to live. And I love to point the girl out above Judy there on top. That's little Amy. She was a true orphan, and her adoptive parents deserted her. She came to Potter. For a couple of years, she was destitute, you know, in her heart. But she made a connection at Potter Home. As a matter of fact, Ralph and Geneva, who have three girls of her own, took her into her fam- their family like Melanie came into our family. She's a graduate of Freed Hardman University. Ralph and Geneva helped her get through there. She got a degree in social work. About three or four years ago, she married Cash, and my wife made the wedding cake and all that. I came to, and they go to church with us. We have a Spanish ministry at our congregation, and Cash can help translate when we have things together upstairs. And I came to church one Sunday after a trip on the road, and nobody had said anything to me. I said something to Amy. She wasn't feeling good, and she looked at me and said, I'm pregnant. Nobody told me. Barb wanted me to find out that way, my wife. But Amy's going to have a little girl in December. so. And the church was there for her. Now, remember I told you a dorm mom would have up to, what I say, 20 kids? 
In the foster homes, you can have up to six children. Now, when Barb and I were house parents, you could have eight. We had eight girls. It's kind of gone down through the years. Uh, that's state law. We don't get any money from the state, but we have to have a license to run the foster care. So we have to follow that. Now, the weird thing about that is if one of your kids turn 18 and they're still in the house, they're an adult now. So you can get another child in there. And we're full, I believe it is, in each of the houses. Uh, so uh, that's great. We're able to help those families. That's, uh, yeah, that's Riley House. That's a boy's house. Now, I told you about that dorm building. Back in the 60s and 70s, they built three houses back on campus, a Toddy House, Riley House, and Taylor House. And that's, uh, you know, those were built in the 60s and 70s. Our kids can be from 6 to 18 years of age in the houses. It allows a child, that setting allows a child to be helped while dealing with, with the life issues. Our Melanie developed anorexia, and she was just skin and bones, and we were able to work her through that, you know, as a family. We don't want these kids to feel like they're in an orphan home. We want them to feel like they're in a family setting. Meals are prepared as a family, not in the cafeteria. Up until 1989, they had a cafeteria staff. Everybody go over there and eat Sunday in the morning, in the evening, and that kind of thing. But they decided to put the kitchens in the houses. When we had our girls, Barb had a menu down the hallway. They go, she'd go over with the young ladies, and she would help them cook and teach them to cook. Here you see Sharon cooking breakfast with one of the boys in the <coughs> Riley house. <coughs> And Judy uh, doing a, making a dessert there in Toddy House. Again, we want them to feel like they're part of a family. Now, I don't think anybody disagrees with this statement. We want each child to experience a positive home life. Nobody disagrees with that. We had a 16-year-old, I believe it was, in 1994, 95, that came to Potter Home and in the interview process. She told the director of the home she was an atheist. Well, she lived in Riley House, which at that time was a girl's house. And between a Bible study with the house parents in the cottage or the house and going to church, she was eventually baptized into Christ. She even went on a mission trip to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with a youth group to do a VBS. And I remember one time the girls in her house were bawling and crying about our dating policy. We have a very strict dating policy. You don't go to proms, this kind of stuff. It's very strict. And she set them straight. She looked at them and said, look, when I was home, I could leave on Friday night and not come back till Monday. And my mom didn't care where I was. And she said, these folks love you and care for you. That's a 17-year-old telling these kids that. She didn't have a positive home life experience at home. And she came in as an atheist and left as a Christian because she realized because of the house parents and the church, what was going on, and that Christ did care about her. Each family has the use of a 15-passenger uh, van to do things with families. We, I, sometimes I wonder if I need to tell this story, but it's funny. Uh, I think it was the boys' house. Yeah, it was Riley House. They got tickets to go to a White Sox game in Chicago. So they went up there. And they were leaving or something. And there's all this traffic jam. They got in the traffic. And they realized, and I'm glad it didn't say Potter Children's Home on it, they were in the gay pride parade. 
and the house dad said, a couple of the boys looking out, and, you know, these men hugging each other, and they go, yuck. <laughs> and I am glad it didn't say Potter Children's Home on it. They were kind of embarrassed when they told that story. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Our children attend the local public schools. We have Foundation Christian Academy in Bowling Green. That is a Church of Christ school. First through eighth grade, we're trying to add a high school. It's only members of the church or teachers and that type of thing. I think it's three or four of our kids are helping to go to school there. And those kids, besides learning their ABCs, they read scripture every morning. They have devotions. Because they don't get any money from the state. And they get better education, I believe, than the kids in public school. And uh, I wish it could be brought to a point where that school, where we could get all our kids in there, because that's what they need. The rest of them attend the local public schools. Our single-parent family ministry, we know that divorce, desertion, and death have left many in our society as single parents. And these folks are under a lot of stress, okay? Financial, emotional, this kind of thing. And we, uh, our Single Parent Alliance for Raising Kids, we call it SPARK for short, helps meet this great need. But I like to think that we put a spark back into their lives. We had a single mom named Christine that came to us. Uh, she had fallen on the roadway of life. She was caught up into the drug culture. She had three daughters. And a little congregation outside Franklin, Kentucky, Tyree Chapel Church of Christ, found her on the roadway of life fallen. They did not pass her by like the priest and the Levite in the Samaritan story. They picked her up. They worked with her. They studied with her. They baptized Christine into Christ. Then they recommended she come to Potter into this ministry. Now this ministry, they get free. Their apartments are free. We have 17 apartments. They don't have to pay rent. But they have, it's a goal-oriented ministry. They have to set goals. And they have things, they, responsibilities they do. They have rules they have to follow. We have a dress code. You don't run around in the dresses you see in the world. Uh, there's no smoking. There's no dating. You don't have a boyfriend. You work with your kids. And you strive to get your goals done. Christine's first goal was to get her GED. She got it. Then she went to a community college there in Bowling Green, connected with Western University. And she got a two-year degree in computer technology. That was her second goal. After three years, she bought a home through Habitat for Humanity and moved back to Franklin, Kentucky, and was living there with her kids. Now, we only were able to serve two of the children because the other one was 18 or 19, and she was in jail because she, too, had gotten off into drugs. And we tried to work with her through the years. And once you get hooked on some of these drugs they got today, it's very hard to get off of them, uh, meth, that kind of stuff. But we were able to serve Christine and her two younger daughters. We provide uh, single parent families a safe and nurturing environment while they get back on their feet. They have apartments they live in. That dorm building, we have nine apartments in there. And uh, Taylor House, which used to be a boys' house, was gutted out uh, back in 08 and made into a triplex. It's got three apartments. We encourage uh, parents to make their children a primary focus. Thus, I said no dating. They can't have men in their apartments. The only man they can have in there is brother, 
father, and that has to be cleared through Sonia, who's the supervisor over the women on campus, and they keep an eye on all that. And we've had a couple of people try to sneak things in, and we have had to ask moms to leave. We've been over backwards because we know they've had a lot of abuse in their life. But if they don't obey the rules, if you don't have to give them 90 days. We can just ask them to leave. And we're not going to be mean about it, but we're going to make sure that they're following. Now, the other thing is we can't force anybody there to become Christians. They have to study and do that on their own, but we put the word before them. 90% of all homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropout comes from fatherless homes. And that's just not this generation. This has been since creation, basically. Because man decides they want to do what they want to do. And, of course, Satan helps them with that. Okay, in 2008, this is our first building project uh, for, I think, 40 years. We had a capital campaign. We had to repair a gym and put uh, work on the roads and drainage systems some. But we also raised enough money to build this triplex. It's called the Perry House now. I don't know if any of you ever heard of Kenny Perry. He's a golfer. He's a member of the church in Franklin, Kentucky. He's donated a lot to Potter Home. A couple of years back, they named that house in honor of his donations, the Perry House. What we have here is three apartments. They all have three bedrooms. We just had a mom come in uh, to our program had four kids. We've had a mom with five kids. We have a mom on either end, and in the middle is a mentoring family. In this particular apartment, we have... Uh, Howard and his wife, Denise, he's the maintenance supervisor. But they're there like grandma and grandpa. They work with the kids and that type of thing. And, uh, okay, the next house, this was built in 2013. We raised the money for this. This is a quadplex. We have three mothers in there. And Pam and Paul Potter in that middle apartment, she's a retired counselor. They're there as a mentoring family. So we have three mothers there. And in the triplex, we have a retired couple. They used to be house parents there. And they're the mentoring family there and work with those moms. They don't get paid for that. Pam and Paul don't get paid for doing that. They get housing and all that kind of thing. But uh, They're there to just be a support unit. Now, all these buildings we built, we've paid for. We've had appeals. We had a will come in on this one. But they're paid for. We do not build anything unless we have the money to pay for it. And there you see, uh, does this thing have a pointer? I'm afraid to hit a button. Is it this green line? Oh, okay. Ah, good. Here's, that, here's 31W. Here's the dorm building in the front office. And this is an addition they put on the dorm building. This is our fundraising offices. That used to be the old gym. This is where Sonia lives and her husband. She, she's a supervisor of all the moms there. And uh, this is Toddy House. That's our gym. That's Riley House. And that's uh, Taylor House. That's a triplex there. Then that's a triplex and that's a quadplex. We have, I call it our back 40 back here, but it's actually only 18 acres. But the old farm turned the back 40. We want to build more houses out there through the years so we can serve more kids. But we only do that if we have the money to do that. Anybody ever see Turtle Man? 
the wild man of Kentucky, animal planet. Well, Turtle Man, about five years ago, we had one of our single-parent girls. Uh, he came out to rescue the kids. They've got a TV show about it. But it's got this single mom's little girl. She said, I thought it was a kitty cat, and I petted it, and it sprayed me. So Turtle Man, they had that little girl come on. Turtle Man said, we come to rescue the children at Potter Children's Home. So they, down in here, they chased those, they caught those skunks in a big drainage area, him and the camera crew and Lolly the dog. And guess what? They all got sprayed. But anyway, if you want to look that up, it's on the, it's called the cat killer episode because the first part of that episode was uh, ladies' cats were getting killed by coyotes. But the second part was rescuing the kids at Potter Children's Home. It's kind of cute. I don't know if he ever does his show anymore, but you can look up on Animal Planet and find him. But that's our plans for the future, so uh, what time is it? I can't even see your clock back there. Now this talks about our off-campus foster care. Uh, somehow that got away from foster care slides, but we do have a family with three foster kids, two, little sis two sisters and little brother that live off-campus. They're members of the church, and uh, they have to go through counseling training or foster training and all that stuff, and they report to Lee, who's in charge of all that. They're on campus. So we do have a family off campus right now as foster parents. This is, a, this is uh, called our transitional living ministry. This is for kids. When we first moved there, a child who turned 18 in the house, if he wasn't in high school, had to leave. A lot of these kids didn't have anywhere to go. So we had the transitional living ministry in place to help them. We used to have a male and female dorm up in the dorm building. Barb and I were supervisors over that. But now, since that's being used for single parenting, uh, we ask folks to take the kids in their houses as mentoring families. Melanie came to our house, and Amy went to uh, Ralph and Geneva's house. But uh, this just helps them get prepared to go into the world, help them through school, that type of thing. That's what the program's designed for, and they all receive counseling. Uh, and help there. That little statement up there, 50% of those who don't get help end up living on the streets or go to prison. I was a prison or jail chaplain in Plymouth, Indiana, and some of the kids at Schultz Lewis, uh, I found them in jail because they really didn't have help when they left. So a lot of them get in trouble for different ways. Our Christian counseling ministry is there. It provides counseling to all the ministries on campus. Of course, the goal is uh, restore the family unit whenever possible. And it's also, we also have, uh, fam, uh, family and miracle counseling provided. Now, many churches, individuals get involved. Here's some of the reasons why. In 2014, it's estimated over 702,000 children were victims of sustained abuse and neglect. In 2014, an estimated 1,580 children died of child abuse. And I bet that number is low but we don't know all the horrific things. This is just a chart from 2000 about estimated fatalities per day because of neglect. You see what it says in 2000, and then in 2012, it's gone up. Whoops. In 2014, there were 11.7 million single mother families, 2.5 million single father families. They raised 26% of children under 21. In 2014, 17.4 uh, million, or 40% of all children raised in a single-parent family were lived in poverty. What's the Bible say about Satan? 
He's like a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. If you see the documentary of Africa and that lion bounding after the herd of gazelle, who's he go after? Weak. He goes, Satan goes after those that have no hope. He gets them into sexual immorality and all different types of things. Drugs, alcohol. So with the church, you're able to help. I have some cards out on the table. This one's a way to remember card. That's a, if you want to give a gift in memory of a loved one's passing. You can, one side of the card's for that. And on the other side is the honor gift. If you want to give a gift in honor of somebody's birthday or anniversary, that type of thing. And after we receive your memorial honor gift, we send a letter, personalized card to the person you wish you acknowledge. Remember I told you about Christine? There she is in her college graduation. See that little smile on her face? I bet she didn't think she could ever go to college. But the church was there for her. Sponsorship program, there's different ways you can help sponsor children at Potter Home. Uh, you can get a single mother's name or a kid, child's name and send them birthday cards, that type of thing. Or you may want to do something else. We just have different ways folks help there. We also have our commodity routes we come on. This is our grocery getter. Uh, we bought that back in 2006. We have a new truck online with us. We had a lady from New York who saw us in one, I have an older truck than that when I was running around out in Ohio and New York with, in 15, she felt sorry for us and bought us a brand spanking new van and paid for it. So that's our Nissan. I, I need to get a picture up there with that. And then we also have a trailer now. Uh, I've been asking for years that we get a trailer because sometimes we have to rent a U-Haul. Well, a church in, uh, Laurel Hill Church of Christ in Virginia, Floyd, Virginia, bought us a trailer. We bought it at Trailer World, so we have our own trailer now. That's me. As Stuart Daniel just retired, uh, David Hamilton now is working with us, uh, working on the road. Hands of Service cards are out there. That's a way you can give your hands of service to the kids served at Potter. And of course, the consistent income helps us. Uh, there's just different ways you can help. Uh, you can do monthly, one time, that type of thing. And the scripture said, How blessed is he who considers the helpless, the Lord will deliver him. In a day of trouble, Psalm 41.1. There's just three ways on the back of the card you can help. The e-plan is uh, if you want to do a monthly, take it out of your checking account. Just fill out all that information and send in a check, and Elena will take care of that. We have a place where you can use your credit card, and we have some folks that do that for monthly and one time. Then we have folks that do monthly, and we just send them an envelope, a return envelope with their uh, thank you. And you can get on the computer and do different things. Uh, all these uh, are ways if you sign up with Potter, Good Search, we get a couple of pennies every time you use their line. Kroger, you can go to Kroger, that type of thing. There's just different things in the computer world. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, but he thwarts the way of the wicked, Psalm 146, 9. Here's Christine and her two girls. If I get a little teary-eyed... You know, Christine was a good friend. Now, I've, I've told you this story. I don't know if you remember. But about six, seven years after she left Potter in October one year, I heard she was in the medical center. Went up to visit with her. She'd been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. She's only 42, 43 years of age. And the prognosis was not good for Christine. Well, Christine proceeded to get things in order for her children 
from that October to February of the next year, she went through all of her treatments. I heard she's back up in the medical center. Bill Rutherford and I went up to visit her. He was a maintenance supervisor at the time. We read scripture with her and prayed with her. Christine didn't have much hair left. But she was happy. You know what she was happy about? She was happy she was in Christ Jesus. And Potter Children's Home didn't do that. Tyree Chapel, Church of Christ, brought her to Christ. The church brought her to Christ. She went home and died three days later. In Christ. But if it hadn't been for Tyree Chapel, she might have died a lot sooner without having known that there's a home waiting for her. And that's why the churches are so important, folks. And I talk about Christine because you've helped make a difference in her life. Because you helped put a spark into her life. When she came to Potter, she had no idea she could get her GED and go to college. But she did that. And I want to thank you personally for that. Coming up, uh, I have some flyers out there. We have our fall festival on September 16th this year. Uh, we have different things for the kids to do outside. I do not get in that myself because <laughs> I would be falling down. We have a quilt auction in the gym. This is from two or three years back. We have different congregations that bring food booths, barbecue, hamburgers, hot dogs, sell Cokes, that kind of thing in the gym. Uh, this is some more of the gym, uh, just the auction stuff going on. Then we have different stores you can buy different items in. Uh, we have a silent auction there in the gym. And here's the sale room in the gym. That used to have a swimming pool on it. But underneath, we put a floor over it. <laughs> we don't have a swimming pool no more. Uh, so that's just some ways uh, that's coming up here pretty quick. Anybody remember that guy? Jim Bill McIntyre. He was board member at Potter for 42 years. Here in this picture is a board member emeritus. He's with some of the kids. There's little Amy who's going to have her little baby coming up. I still couldn't believe that. Now I'm in Tennessee, right? Okay. We're the home of Big Red. But what t-shirt do they show? <laughs> but I was in a congregation in Tennessee once and they said, we're Bama fans or whatever. <laughs> But anyway, I appreciate the time. I'm probably going over time. But I just want to let you know what's going on out there. Uh, do we do everything perfect? No. And like I said before, we're not 100% successful in bringing folks to Christ. But a lot of folks come to Christ. Uh, Amanda and her families, a couple of them, her kids have won leadership awards in school. That's the one from Ohio. And we have other mothers that are doing things, you know, going to school, getting degrees in nursing, whatever it is. And we have kids going to school, playing football and in the foster houses, and uh, just a lot of things going on. And I appreciate your help. Any, does anybody have any questions? I'm going to preach till midnight, by the way. You do have a balcony for people to fall out of. And I can't heal them if they do that. But anyway, would you bow with me? Our dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the congregation here. I pray that you be with them in all that they do, all their mission works, all the works in this community.
that they can be a light to those around them. And I'm so thankful for the help they've given to our children at Potter. And I pray that you be with us at Potter that we always do things, everything, according to your will. And Father, I pray that those families that we are serving now, that we share the light of love with them. And it's through your son's name we pray. Amen.